Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse will have you stuck to your seat. <laughs> like a web. Get it? Spider web. That's a terrible tagline. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. It's Rachel. Thanks for joining us again. And obviously, I'm here with... Noah. And we have a special guest. Last week, our, our last episode, we had an ordinary guest in Corey. But today, a special guest. I would say it's like Noah, Noah's top three favorite people on the planet. So he's by really de- happy. By default. But we have my brother, Zachary. Zachary, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. Uh, I, d- I don't like the Tory disrespect, but I guess we'll have to move on. You, you'll understand when you're older. <laughs> he, he, he ate all of my tzatziki sauce. You didn't even let him have it. I didn't. He wanted to, though. He would have. If I let him, also, he would have ate all my tzatziki sauce. What was he eating tzatziki with that he's just eating it by itself? <laughs> Dude, he, just, he, he will literally come in, grab a piece of bread, and just start putting random sauces on it and then eating it like a quesadilla. It's so strange. He And I'm the type of person that buys have, grocery, just just enough groceries for the week so like it lasts me and, and I run out at the end of the week and then he comes in and throws everything off. Little known fact about Corey for our listeners, but if you were to have a pack of Ritz, that would suffice <laughs> and keep him busy. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good keep point. him busy we'll for keep, hours. We'll have to keep that <laughs> hidden That's somewhere. So it would just ruin the it would just ruin the audio for the podcast, but we can edit that <laughs> post. A lot of a lot of crunching, but we're excited to talk about this movie. This is one I think we've all been looking forward to. Gosh, yeah, this was. I've been. I mean, the last one was five years ago, which is crazy. I didn't realize it was five years ago. I uh, was looking at IMDb, and I was like, "What? 2018? I felt like this just came out, and I had it's, a little. It's bit kind of, like, of strange." Inside. It's kind of strange because, uh, you know, this one took five years between, you know, the first one and the second one. But I was talking to a friend and I realized that the other Spider-Man movies, the MCU Spider-Man movies, are only two years apart. I don't know if anybody yeah. really puts that together. But first one's 2017, right? That's Tom Holland right after Civil yeah. War. Second one's 2019, which is funny because it's actually after Endgame. And then the third mm-hmm. one's also after Endgame. So they're only two years apart. So those movies are actually really, really quickly made. And almost you had three, the entire Tom Holland trilogy in the span of the time frame between the, these two. But between this one was but, released, right? Yeah, I think definitely I think worth that, the wait. Yeah, you can like tell those ones were rushed too. It almost feels like now that you think like you said that and I'm thinking about it. They're definitely getting them out for the MCU. Yeah, I, I like this one. Um, Spider-Man's really hot right now. You know, they have this and then uh, there's a lot of news of the new Spider-Man PS5 game, which is also Miles Morales centric. So oh. there's a, a lot of video game Easter be... eggs in this one, huh? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna get, get uh, spoiler warning, I don't know if you do. Yeah, no, do the spoiler right warning. Oh, so actually, this is yeah. a debate we go back and forth with: is do we want to do a spoiler-free review or one that includes spoilers? We'll let you. Well, you already kind of just did it. You kind of just already did it. That there's video. It's. I mean, that's not a revealing anything. There's that... video game characters in this movie. I personally I think that's a pretty big spoiler. I w- if I was if I was listening to this podcast and I heard that, I'd be mad. It's in the <laughs> trailers. <laughs> the spoiler. No, it's, it's in not. the trailers. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> uh, when did you watch the trailer? It's a super. It's a super hidden assume. Easter egg. Anyway, for for uh, spoiler warning, I guess we're going to be doing that from now on. Plus, I, I think it'd be difficult to talk about this without spoiling. Exactly. It. There's okay. so many so like and also, hidden and also knowing Noah. Knowing Noah, it's gonna happen. So I don't want to make the promise of no spoilers, and then <laughs> Noah just gives away the ending. So we okay, did try to do we have to no the... spoilers in our last review with Corey, and Noah was 
teetering very closely to the we, spoiler. We might have to define what is a spoiler. To me, it's Noah. like a revealing plot point. It's not any, just like... Any, any plot point is a spoiler. Yeah. Any plot point. <laughs> My mind's blown. He's mind blown right now. Thinking about everything I've said. It's strange, that, strange that you started a movie podcast with have never listened to a movie podcast. This <laughs> person... <laughs> Usually when people do no spoilers, if also, they just give their review on it, they don't really like say anything else outside of that. Also, my I favorite thing is when it's in the trailer is fine. It wasn't in the trailer. Also, uh, for the listeners that are only on audio, I don't think there's gonna be a video podcast, but I think it's hilarious because there's times when you'll see Noah <laughs> looking up as he's waiting <laughs> to think about what he wants to say. <laughs> but I just wanted to translate that to the listeners that there's these long pauses in between. I don't know if he's going to edit them out, but there are these pauses. That are, <laughs> I used Zach to just gave them away. Can, he used I, to edit. You can every tell pause he's trying to make like, jokes. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I used to but edit them out, but he might edit that too up too long. Takes, <laughs> yeah, to, I've done, there's probably I, a I thousand. Control the narrative. He controls I the narrative. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. He might. He might edit this whole segment out, and it just goes for me being like, "Hey, Noah, you." are <laughs> the best the best yeah. <laughs> i am the worst <laughs> i think you never know so if you get hate mail you know why God. okay so i think we decided we are doing spoiler, a spoiler so don't continue listening if you haven't seen the movie and if you haven't honestly get what are you doing because this was i mean we're gonna get into it yeah i look i love forward it. to best movie Spider-Man. of june so far yeah hands down I look forward to this Spider-Man more than the MCU Spider-Man. Me too, actually. Yeah, same. All right, Noah, do you want to do the... Well, let's let give the honors I to I knew Zach. he was going to do that to you, Zach. See, he always does that. Let's wing it and then throws you under the bus. Yeah, no, no. It's it's cool. I know we had discussed this right before we started recording that you were going to do it, but it's fine. Will, uh, <laughs> he calls you out. It. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so that's not what that means. I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the official synopsis, and then I'm going to go ahead and give my take on what the synopsis was. Make so, it your own. Uh, from, in, from internationalmoviedatabase.com, uh, also known as IMDb. I did not uh, know Miles Morales. That. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse, where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. I think that kind of sums it up pretty well, but you know, this movie's a lot more about um, kind of figuring out who you are and what you're meant for. Uh, this movie has a lot of themes of you know destiny and you know uh, writ kind of predetermined um, fate, and I think it's really an interesting take on how that is going to be kind of challenged. There's a lot of movies out there that are like time travel movies or multiverse movies where there's a there's this expectation that's going to happen with the story. Uh, and this movie does a really great job of subverting that, not in a kind of gimmicky way, but a very organic way that kept me, you know, kind of guessing what's going to happen. Um, I don't know if we want to get right into it. Some thoughts on the story. Wow, that was probably the best summary we've ever really good. had. We could, we could end. Oh yeah, <laughs> we should just we end, end the podcast the there. Wow, that's good. <laughs> You're like the opposite. I did, of I did have some, I did have some <laughs> thoughts on it though. Um, yeah, yeah. If we want to jump right into the kind of the the whoa, 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 whoa. let's uh, hold the horses a bit and let's kind of go over the cast okay. and crew okay. and directors and give them their their flowers. Hey man, it's your, it's your podcast, man. <laughs> Ours. 
It's Rachel's podcast. So, <laughs> Zach, you know who this was directed by off the, off the top of your head since you're a super fan? Uh, I didn't know. I did have to look it up, but I did uh, try to do some research on it before. So it's three directors, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was think that the first the, one too? Um, I don't. The first I don't one, remember. No, the first I know one Phil had different Lord directors, and... but it was it was three directors too. Ooh, yeah. But so I, what I, so this is Joaquin Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, mm-hmm. and Justin K. Thompson. Um, those three directors are not really known for making movies, but they're really well known for doing uh, a lot of episodes of TV. Uh, especially animation. So a lot of those directors worked on things like Avatar Legend of Korra, Avatar The Last Airbender, um, and then some of the the Disney properties, um, which is really exciting. I think um, Avatar is such a good comparison with this because it's another animated series that kind of tackles heavier themes that is able to kind of, you know, appeal to a wider audience with kids, but then also you know, have some stuff going in for adults, um, which I think this movie definitely did. So smart choice. The one I do want to talk about, though, is the writers and some of the producers, which are Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who are okay. some of the funniest people that are doing movies. They they wrote 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street. They directed the Lego movie, which is another one. Wow, of like, I did oh, not even. Had... Yeah. Like some yeah, those are some fan, of the huh? my favorite animated. Yeah. So those are those are really good. Um, I think that they are kind of crushing it in terms of like animation, which I think is really cool. Um you know, you don't have to do these big live action movies um, like The Little Mermaid. Uh, you can have a fun original story that's uh, animated and you, know, you can kind of push the boundaries of what you want to do. Right. You're not limited to just, you know, what pushing boundaries doesn't do. make money, Zach. Get that through your head. Uh, Mario made a billion dollars. So Dude, that's not pushing boundaries. The Mario movie. That's like, <laughs> that was like the. Most safest Mario movie <laughs> ever. Yeah, I was thinking. I, I was forgot, like, why I did you, you guys, that one? I forgot that you guys didn't like that one. So, yeah. Yeah. I, you I already forgot I mean, I, I was indifferent about it. Noah hated. So I'd rather play the video game. But no, that's a good point, honestly, Mario. talking about the writers because I didn't look into them. And yeah, the Lego movie was hands down such a funny The first original. one was super good. Yeah, and actually, one. the Batman one's the best one. 2014. The Batman one was Did they do too. the Batman one too? I don't think they did it. I think the, the uh, yeah, that one, that one's the best. I know we're yeah, off topic, but the first Lego movie is better than the Batman. First I like the first really Lego movie too. But I kind of missed a little bit of what you had said earlier, Zach, because I had to plug in the computer, so I had the headphones off. But sounds like these three directors are kind of like you know up and coming and have been releasing the hits of like original content, which makes total not, sense. Not at all. What, not at all. What I said. He basically <laughs> was saying that they all do like Avatar and like they do. <laughs> That they do oh, like I was talking the about Airbender. Yeah, I was they talking do, about they... the last Airbender, Legend of Korra, and how that there was those Korra is good uh, animations that are a little bit more prevalent to adults and kids. So, uh, thank you for trying to <laughs> piece it together. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, so as Miles Morales, we have Shamik Moore, who I actually don't know any of his. He's other in movies. dope. He's, He's in. in... He, He's in yeah. Dope. He's in this show called The Get Down, which was uh, directed by uh, Boz. I think Boz Lerman, who did um, like Moulin Rouge and other other stuff, really oh, stylized, yeah, which kind of reminded me of this. So you know, I don't think he's he's kind of known for being a little bit more out there with with his projects. In my opinion, okay. I think that you know what he does is a little bit more pushes sty- the boundaries. I mean, stylized. 
Sure. It is yeah. stylist. <laughs> <laughs> Haley Steinfeld, who we've seen a bunch of times playing Gwen Stacy. I actually always forget that's her. Oscar I can, like, nominee. Her voice. Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. Oh, Oscar you know, nominee. Do you know what movie, Rachel? Right? Yeah, would you know what movie it is, Rachel? True Get Grit. <laughs> How do you yep. know? Is that, is that in her uh, bio? Well, it's just like the oh. first movie that pops up for her. So yeah. just right. Rachel always yeah. has IMDb pulled up on her phone. I was going to say Bumblebee, Smart. so I'm glad I did it. Bumblebee? <laughs> I don't know. I actually liked Bumblebee, but I guess people hated it. I don't know. I just, I, I was trying to think of what else I've seen her in, and I only remember her in like Bumblebee. She's in Hawkeye. She's in Yeah, that. Hawkeye. Well, I, she's like a small Pitch part perfect. in that. Sort of Pitch, Pitch Perfect, perfect. yeah. Uh, she's she's like the main character in Hawkeye. She's like the main, the Hawkeye yeah. TV show. She's like a main character. TV show. Oh, the t- yeah, I didn't watch the TV show. Um, and she's also a singer. She oh, a I know that. Yeah, she's she's hecka good at singing. She was hecka good in Pitch Perfect. All right, we got Oscar uh, Isaac. As Miguel O'Hara. And it took me like the whole movie to, to realize. Yeah, it was who, until the end. I was like, was. ah. Like, I, oh. I, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, I've heard this voice. So it's definitely somebody like an A-lister. Do you love him, Zach? But I just he's can't in all figure out who Star it was. Wars. Um, I don't love the new Star Wars movie. So, I mean, I like Oscar Isaac a lot. I think he's really good. And um, I think he's better in some other smaller roles. I think he's um, like the one with the cat. He's really good in like trip. No, he's in Moon Knight, which he's very good in. Uh, I like him in Triple Frontier. Uh, if you guys have saw that with Ben Affleck. I couldn't get through Triple Frontier. But Moon, Moon is it Moon Knight or Moonlight? Moon, Moonlight. Moon Knight. I saw the whole thing. I saw the whole thing. Moon Knight. Yeah, I saw the whole thing. How, do you, how do you have a how do you have a movie podcast? <laughs> we don't know honestly we, you come in objectively okay? <laughs> and um, he's an ex machina yeah i was gonna say ex machina that's, was when i was first introduced one. to him and i was like this guy's sick and, and then we a got a bunch of other ones we too. got jake johnson who i recognized immediately because i watched new girl he was peter b parker yeah he's so, the, so funny new girl. i would say that's perfectly casted perfectly casted for sure Issa ray who i recognized immediately too because of the, her show insecure recognized her voice i tapped you for both uh, she played Spider Woman. She, she was cool. Um, and then I think those are the main ones, right? Well, oh. we have Spider Punk. Well, I did. Ho- oh yeah, Hobie. Do you know who yeah, played I Hobie? Think that... Daniel. Or yeah. do you not have a Scooby Doo? <laughs> that I was funny. You. Yeah, I like. I liked. I liked oh, that. Yeah. That reminded me of. Uh, reminded me of Oceans like twelve and thirteen when they talked about that and they explained it a little bit, which was funny. Or like, or yeah. like Snatch. Like Noah that. couldn't read and fast the enough. Cock, so I had the cock, slang. Well, the cock cock slang. slang. Yeah, I had to tell. But him he's Noah really what British, though. The other folks that you mentioned aren't British. So Daniel Kalu is really British. He's freaking such yeah. a great actor. So uh, he, he's cool. It's, it's nice like hearing him. his voice. I think I think the two people I'd like to hide. There's obviously a ton of people in this movie because yeah, there's you know there's so many little cameos things like that. The two that I'd probably want to highlight were um, Brian That's Tyree it. Henry who plays. Jefferson oh, Davis, you know who's Miles' dad, uh, and then oh. Luna. Oh yeah. No. Oh, oh let me finish. I know finish. him too. Let me finish. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go Luna ahead. Lauren Velez, who is actually not from Scrubs. That's different actress. Uh, she's from she's Dexter. From Dexter. <laughs> she's the captain in Dexter. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, she's Rio Morales, who I think had a much bigger part in the movie. I think Rio Morales was in, in the first movie. They they highlighted Miles's dad so much, and they gave him that great relationship, which they expanded yeah. upon in this movie. But uh, the mom, really the Rio mom. Morales, had such a much bigger part in this movie, which I think was something that was really, um, really great, at kind of grounding the story and grounding Miles's Miles 
connection to his universe, right? I think that's such a big plot in the movie where he's going through all these universes and that he's supposed to have this detachment, right? That's what they, all the other spiders want. They have to have like this detachment from the universe. They have to understand that these things will play out um, and, mm-hmm. you know, there will be sacrifices that need to be made. But that's a big driving force for um, Miles in this movie is that he has that connection to his parents. And I think they did a really great job of like, making that connection known uh, right off the bat, you know, from the very first couple scenes that his mom and him are having this like fun kind of b- back and forth as a, you know, a 15 year old kid that gets in trouble and his mom's making uh, sure he knows it. So I think those are the yeah. two standout performances in my, in my opinion, uh, obviously. And then we talked about Haley Steinfeld. She was, she was fantastic in this as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And I liked how with the mom, they had that story thread throughout the whole movie. Like it's introduced early on and then midway through and then brought back at the end to kind of come full, full circle with like the closing scene. So like I, that was one of my favorite yeah. parts. So it's it still, it and, kept that those heartstrings the whole time. And we'll get into it once we, once we get into the, the spoiler part a little bit more, but there's, there's a, a definitely a part in the movie where um, that relationship is really highlighted and it kind of turns on its head. So um yeah, I think that's a good segue into that part well, now. I think too, if we're doing stands out standouts, Shimik Moore, I don't think he gets like enough rec- recognition for Spider Man because he's like the perfect voice for yeah, Miles he, Morales. I honestly thought it was going to be a little kid. He's like a grown man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's like, he, a, he's, he's like, like a <laughs> I was so confused. He's perfect for it though. Yeah, he's so, he's and he's perfect. funny too. Like, I feel like he does such a good job that it seems like effortless and easy. People don't really because he's the main star people don't really give him as much i think he did a great job i think between this movie and the last movie no 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 in between the last movie right hit the last movie his and we watched it the day before so i kind of kind of fresh my mind uh his voice seems a little bit more mature and it's it's difficult because he's not he's older but he was old during the first movie it wasn't the first one so it's like he kind of changed performance up to give it a little bit more um like a weight teen. to it right the, yeah yeah like That's like true. this miles is is definitely aging and there's a lot more um you know weight behind his voice and there's a puberty lot more emotion stuff, with it yeah, yeah it's like he, i don't know necessarily puberty but just more like the way that he delivers his lines it's not as um childish childish yeah it's a little bit more you know serious which i you know but, yeah. in my opinion came across with how miles is developing as a as a hero that's yeah. a really uh, good point actually I can't think of somebody better. Like this, it's like perfect casting with him. I think. Yeah, I agree. All right, I'll Zach. Start so, us off with favorite parts. Let's hear. It. I know it seems like you have a long list to get through. Also, if you start making too good of points, we will cut you off. <laughs> no, it wants you to say stuff for him. Or I might just repeat what you say and then cut yours no, out. No, don't repeat. <laughs> just repeat and cut <laughs> <Take> him out. <laughs> The floor is yeah, yours. If, okay, I'm going to say this now. If if Noah, if you hear Noah all of a sudden cut in and say, as I was saying, that means <laughs> yeah. he and, and just reset what I said. Um, I like this movie a lot. I think uh, my, I had a few, I had three main notes on it. Um, and I think that it kind of starts off with, it's a great way to kind of play with the established Spider-Man lore. I mean, I'm a pretty big comic book fan. I'm a pretty big um, superhero fan, so... A lot of this is like kind of expected. These storylines that people know and recognize, right? You know, how many times, and they talked about it in the movie. How many times have we seen Uncle Ben die? How many times have we seen uh, Gwen Stacy die? That's something that it's kind of expected to happen. And a big theme throughout the movie is that they talk about these canon events, which are 
uh, it's a kind of a, a comic book nerdy term, but canon is something that's supposed to happen in the main timeline, right? Um, but they play with that and they realize that Miles is destined for a canon event where his father dies, which is as great because that's actually for Miles' story, a canon event. His dad does die during his, you know, um, swearing in as captain. Uh, it happens in the Spider-Man PS4 game for people who played that. It's a really big plot point that you play as Miles Morales. Um, so it's great that in the movie they're kind of establishing that, but they're going to subvert that expectation to kind of tell their own story, which is really interesting because, you know, so many multiverse movies coming out now where you kind of expect what's going to happen, right? But with this one, they played with that where they had, you know, what's supposed to happen versus what the story they're going to tell. And that really kind of uh, separates Miles from the bigger Spider-Man universe, but also kind of fits him in there, which I think is really cool. Uh, it's a similar problem to like what Batman has. How many Batman movies have we seen that it's like, oh, great. As much as I love the last Robert Pattinson Batman, I'm annoyed that they're bringing Joker back. Like, why do we need to see Joker again? We've we've seen him so many times. I'd like to see some more original stories coming through. And that's something that I liked with this movie, where even though we know what's going to happen, we've seen that same, you know, with great power comes great responsibility story told so many times. It's awesome to see Miles come into his own right and kind of, tell a new story um, while also paying respect to what's like supposed to happen. And yeah. my last yeah, note is I he kind of saying. establishes himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last note is Miles establishes himself as a, a great new hero um, while kind of fitting into the, the wider Spider-Man universe, right? Like he's great because he is Spider-Man, which is what they talked about in the last movie, right? Anyone can be Spider-Man. He is Spider-Man. He's not kid Spider-Man or anything else. He is Spider-Man. But then he's also telling his own story. It's not just following what Peter Parker is supposed to do. Well, I have a comment. Or did you, are you going to say as I was saying? No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, he was. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, no, those are such good points. And I totally agree. It's funny listening to you talk about the comic books because I never read well, What about it? the animation, right? Just it's like, what? A, like a stupid point. <laughs> oh. Um, like just you knowing the storyline and you saying that because for me personally, like I, I have an idea that obviously they're sticking to the comic books, but it seems so original where I'm just like, maybe they just went completely left field with it. So you you basically like confirmed that theory. But do you think now since you said in the comic books that his dad is going to die or his dad does die? Do you think that they like di like going into the movie and are coming out of the movie? Did you feel like, oh, maybe they will change it and like there is a chance he could change the like the canon or do you still think yeah like or did is that was it good enough to deter you from the comics or like that's kind of my question well i think i think that i think that it's i think they definitely will change it which is what i like they're going to tell their own story they're not going to be bound by you know previous comic book iterations but what i like about the movies that they're giving respect to them i don't I, and I, there's a ton of easter eggs in this movies and I, we're not going to have time to list all of them but um there's a lot of that comes up that is discussing what has happened in previous comic books they talk about you know spoiler but they talk about they show scenes from the previous two spider-man movies they show andrew garfield and they show scenes yeah. from toby mcguire's movie but they also show a lot of comic book panels they show some really iconic yeah. um spider-man uh stories like spider-man no more which is was adapted in spider-man 2 with toby mcguire they, the, the death of Gwen stacy those are they have comic panels that are actually shown on screen so they're really kind of in my mind, they're saying, hey, this story is important and it's happened before and we respect these great 
storytellers and these great comic book writers that have come before. But like what Rachel said, we're not going to be bound to that. We're going to tell our own story. So, you know, his it um, and we haven't even talked about this, but the movie does end in a cliffhanger. It's actually shown to be a part one of part two. So the movie does not have a, a, re- a great resolution, but in, I think that's totally fine because they're going to finish it off in another movie. Um, but they kind of it, they kind of talk about you know um, all these storylines I've had before, and they're kind of going to finish off the rest of the story in another movie. So I think that it does a really great job of like what Rachel said is um, talking about this new story, and that they probably will change up what happens, or if if they don't, they may um, t- talk about how miles handles that and kind of what it goes forward. Um, so I think they're going to tell their own story. Um, I think so that a think lot of this has been stay alive. I think he will. Um, I mean, Ugh. it's different because it, uh, with Spider-Man, you know, like they say it in this movie, like uncle Ben dying was such a big part of Peter's life that it kind of formed, it kind of formed him into Spider-Man. Like it kind of helped mm-hmm. him, you know, because before he was mad and he was angry, but then when Angela Ben died, he kind of realized that that was not the right way to go about things. With Miles, he already has that sense of like duty, and he already kind of went through that with his uncle Aaron dying in the last movie. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have to in a in a story you know way. He doesn't have to see his dad die to learn that lesson, True. right? He already knows that, and he already went through that loss with his uncle, and he already went through that kind of character development. Where at this point, it would be killing somebody just to kill somebody um and i think that he already has a lot of those lessons learned and what i like about that is that he is his own spider-man he already has these um morals and he already has these like distinctions that he knows who he needs to be as a hero and that's the big theme of the movie is that all these other spider-man say you have to be this one way but he says he even says he said nah i'm gonna do me because yeah. he already knows who he is as a hero and he's kind of done a push forward on that path he doesn't have to define himself as a hero anymore he is a hero he kind of can do it yeah i like that part too and then when he when his mom kind of sends him off and it was a bit foreshadowing where it's i like cried you, in that part yeah it's like you're gonna be yeah. in places where people don't think you belong yeah and all this stuff and I you cried. have to show them that you do belong and then at the end he's like mom i went and you know they didn't they we didn't said, accept me yeah but i beat them all and that was a very touching moment and like his his defining point. I did have one yeah, question. To- Since you're the Spider-Man expert. <laughs> and I realize how much of a Spider-Man, uh, how little I know about Spider-Man actually. But it's always like um, we introduced this his Aunt May and Uncle Ben and his, his parents weren't, weren't ever around like in the Tobey Maguire movie or the Andrew Garfield one. So with his parents or dad dying, is that really canon or is that something like from previous um books like his parents, or parents comics not uncle games ben. his uh, his yeah his his actual parents not uncle ben or aunt may is that tr- um true canon or is that canon from this multiverse franchise it's always been canon so he's always he's always um had his parents died and his uncle ben and his uncle ben and aunt may raised him um because I think that. there have been other they, iterations where they're alive, but they're they're always at like Elseworld. So the main canon is that his parents are, are dead. Okay, because they had a smart choice of choosing that as like the canon to play with, where they can subvert expectations. Because it's not like when you think of Spider Man, you think of Aunt May or Uncle Ben. You don't think of his parents, so it's easier for them to kind of play with that and to and take you down a, a like one way, and then you know pivot last second. 
where they can, you know, subvert expectations. Cause like yourself, for me, the whole time I'm watching this, it's like, it's familiar to me because, you know, everybody knows Spider-Man and they know the story, but they're playing with one of the lesser known kind of storylines where they have more freedom to, to play with. Cause with the uncle Ben or aunt May thing, it, that might rub fan, fans the wrong way or be harder for them to have some of that like creative freedom. Yeah. I mean, I think with the uncle Ben and aunt May, I mean, like I said, they I think they've told that story so many times. It reminds me of Batman, right? Like how many times have we seen Batman's parents die? Like it's, we're going to see it in flash and a few months. It's the same mm-hmm. story we've seen. I mean, unfortunately they die and that's like the defining moment in his life. I liked Spider-Man um, because it, his parents dying aren't like the defining. He's he was a kid, right? They, they died when he was a kid. His uncle Ben dying is what really defines his whole thing. Um, and him being the, the bad deal. guy too. It's like, it's a double whammy. Of oh like yeah. That, not that only twist. did his uncle well, die, but then he was the villain. So it's like, he was definitely defined. Are you, well, I think you guys are mixing up Miles and Peter because like Miles' parents, Miles doesn't have an Uncle Ben and Aunt May. Peter does. Oh, I was thinking about his Miles uncle. And uncle. I was, See, no, I was, that, that's what yeah, I'm saying un- is like, uncle, yeah, we like me and Rach are like average fans. So we No, but I was talking about Miles Morales, like his uncle was the bad guy in the first movie. I think Noah's talking about Peter Parker, but yeah, oh, I so mean, maybe Miles I was Morales using what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, uh, to to Noah's point, yeah, I think you know Uncle Ben and them is canon. I think it kind of it has to happen. But that's what I'm saying is interesting. This movie, they talked about that. It's happened so many times. Uncle Ben and Aunt May is canon, and everybody knows that story. Uncle Ben dying, saying with great power comes great responsibility. But what Rach is saying, his uncle died as the Prowler in the first movie, which is Miles' story, right? It's such a kind of flipping that on its head, right? It's similar. You see the similar points with Uncle Ben dying was an old man. Just, you know, but he was somebody he loved and died uh, with Miles's story. It kind of has that similar theme where, oh, it's his uncle that died, somebody that he really looked up to. But what Rachel is such an interesting point is that it's same thing. But then it turns out his uncle was a villain. His uncle was the prowler, somebody that he didn't know, but he still had that love for. Right. And in the last moments of the movie, his 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 uncle realizes that this is my nephew. I can't hurt him and tries to help yeah, him. So and then like a double kills whammy. him. Yeah, so it kind of, like I said, it's kind of taking that story and you think you know what's going to happen, right? Because it's his uncle, you know, oh, he's going to die. But then they flip it on his head. Oh, no, he's the villain, which I think they did a great job in this movie is at the end of it, they set up that kind of twist, right? So there's a scene when Miles is, you know, they're playing around in the multiverse. He goes back home and he goes back home and he's ready to tell his parents that he's actually Spider-Man. And this is the point that Noah alluded to. He tells his mom, I, you know, I faced all these people that were going to doubt me and I beat them all. I'm so happy to be here. And he finally admits to his mom, hey, I'm Spider-Man. But the twist is that she doesn't know who Spider-Man is. And then his uncle Aaron is alive, which obviously died in the last one. And he realizes that he's not on his earth. He's on the earth of the spider that bit him. And earth in that 42. universe, because in earth, earth 42, and because that spider never bit that Peter Parker, you notice that there that world is kind of chaos, right? New York is on fire. The cops are fighting. And it, it's and a really a hero, big... so it's it's run by like the Sinister Six cartel. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like that because he never had to fight him. Yeah, Peter. Yeah. So his uncle was alive, but in that story, Miles himself is actually the Prowler, which I think is really interesting. So yeah, he comes face that. to face with his doppelganger, and kind of has to confront himself of like, hey. 
these are the um, decisions in my life that kind of formed me. And that's kind of what the point I was talking about before. Miles is already a hero, right? He doesn't need to be formed into a hero anymore. He already is one. And then in this parallel earth, these events didn't happen, right? And they talk about Miles being an an anomaly, right? Because he wasn't supposed to be bitten by the spider. He wasn't supposed to become Spider-Man, but he did. So then in this opposite earth, he's this, you know, villain. And I think that's such a great way of kind of like showing the the choices that he made to become a hero. And that like, that's what really formed him into one. Yeah. Yeah. And the like the first one and what you said, and kind of theme of your critique or not your critique, but your favorite parts is the subverting expectations. Like this movie does that throughout the whole movie, but does it so well. And it, there's only a, there's very few movies that are, are able to do that where it's constantly keeping you at the edge of your seat and subverting expectations, mm-hmm. but not only subverting expectations, but subverting them to like a bigger plot point or something more interesting that you're even, you know, uh, more excited to watch because it kind of goes with the spot. He becomes this so-so villain where he can't even rob a ATM. And then he turns into like this super mega villain where it kind of turns turns that on its head where he's the villain of the week where he becomes this major problem that could ultimately disrupt the whole uh multiverse um so you have kind of you kind of have that piece with the villain and then also all of the miles miles's turmoil he's going through with um, him being sent to the wrong place and now he's you know facing these other enemies and i loved how they ended on a spoiler warning but cliffhanger because everything that was happening in that third act needs, you know, More. the right amount of time mm-hmm. to, to play out. And I, and I thought that, that was really interesting. You know, uh, Katie and I are talking about, oh, what is the second movie or the third movie just going to be a big fight. But what I what I liked about this movie I would, is I would, I would be down for that. I think it would be cool, this, too. Um, this hour and a half I think fight this, scene. That would be so cool. Because there, there's they got the Prowler. They have Spider-Man 2099. Uh, all the other Spider-Mans, uh, Gwen Stacy's gang, the Miles Morales, like that would be enough for like two hours of fighting. And Spot. And Spot. Yeah. And Spot. Yeah. See, well, I think I, I think that. with Spot, with Spot, he's gonna be a bigger threat because he's you know he's been going around. He has so much power. He can go into any multiverse. So, I think what my prediction for the next movie is, you know, in this one they kind of they showed the other Spider people. I don't want to say as bad guys, but as antagonists, right? They're trying to go against Peter, or sorry, against Miles, and trying to get him out of there. I think the next movie is going to be because uh, at the end of this movie, Gwen Stacy goes and gets the original Spider crew from the first movie, you know, Spider-Man Noir, Penny Parker, all these people uh, and a few others that are kind of rallying her side. I have a feeling that they're going to go through and convince the rest of the Spider people because I, I really doubt they're going to leave all the Spider-Man being bad guys in quotations. You know, uh, I think they're going to remind those other Spider people that, hey, we can save everybody. Hey, it is our duty to try and save everybody. We don't want to settle into this you know, thought of let's not do that. So what I think well, is it's going to be Spot going through and getting some other multiverse villains, which I think would be really interesting. And then there's going to be a big cool. out war, like all the Spider people gonna, versus all the, like the multi, the multiverse of all their villains. And there's going to be just crazy. I'm calling it now Spider-Man 2099, Oscar Isaac's it's Spider-Man 2099, right? Oscar Isaac, Spider-Man. Yeah. He's going to have He's like a big sacrifice. Himself. I, I think he's yeah. going to sacrifice himself. 
Yeah, he's gonna have a big arc for sure. And he's he's gonna be the yeah. one that f- fixes it all, where he realizes his mistake and or something. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like, it, it's not even that they're are he bad guys, which is why I like the movie because it's not like they're bad guys. They're just people that feel like they can can't control their own destiny, and like this is who like this is what the life they're given with the powers they're given. So it's not like they're technically bad guys. So it's like there's like its own little storyline there. Yeah. Obviously. And um, also. Sorry. Um, no, no. In, in his story, he talks about how he went to another. He stole another uh, universe's family. Right. He stole that that other Spider-Man's well, life. Because he died. So, yeah. Because he had died in that one. Yeah. So the uh, original he, Spider-Man. He, he kind of uh, Rick and Morty it. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, the original Jail O'Hara died and he took that one spot. So I think that's something. And then his universe collapsed. So I think that it's like kind of the atonement of that, where I think he can reset things and kind of yeah, understand yeah. that. And it's it's a theme that happens I in said it all first, these though. multiverse. I said it first. Yeah. You're not allowed to stay for too long. You have to go back to your own. Yeah. And and I think that there's a lot of these multiversal like storylines. There's a ton that happened in other movies and comics, but the theme is that it usually gets reset because the multiverse is such a big thing that it it can't keep growing or else it's going to become crazy. Um, every multiverse story that DC or Marvel's ever told has culminated in resetting this to a single Earth or a single timeline because it so always you, has to come yeah. out. To... The third one so kind of has to be the last one of, like, to wrap up this franchise, right? Because I can't really imagine no it where, might be it might be broken up into four honestly like where else they would like go. i think that'd be too be, much the yeah, third cause... one would be no but the third one would be 2099 realizing that he they could do like a part one part two of yeah end, like a part but... one part two no no but the first one could be just him versus everybody in the spider verse and then the last one could be okay now we have to deal with spot because he's way bigger than well spot is kind of like I think that, the multiverse with his powers so but how many villains sure. and i think they there? also beat i think they also beat the spider-man in this one like i think they showed him like well that's that whole line of him saying i beat them all like he did go up against all the spider-man and he kind of won yeah I, I but it's more be, it's more of just like beating the politics of that more than actually tricking them to not follow him like it's more like getting them out of their i think when will do that yeah, I think maybe. Gwen will do that in the next movie. I think that I think and I don't think it's going to be a fight. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a fight. I think it's going to be more of like a, a philosophical, like just you know. It, I'm sure there'll be some gonna, fighting for action. It's it's his arc, and he's gonna he controls the Spider-Man organization. Yeah, so it's, and it's going to be his story arc. Yeah, and it's going to be that more of that scene, and then I'm thinking the fourth one will be like a bigger one with like the actual villain, because technically the the people we've seen aren't villains. Like even. Miles Morales as the Prowler. So he's not technically a villain. He's just lost. Same with like all of, so like everybody else besides, and Spot's technically not even a villain either. I mean, he has like morals. It's just, he lost his way, but he's truly the one villain in the, in the story. Everyone else is like just lost and kind of like going with their destiny and following the path, like the beaten path. Um, so I don't know. I feel like the third movie would be more of like gathering people for the beaten path and then going against Spot or something. That's what I think. Maybe. I mean, we don't know that they they kind of always keep you guessing. Yeah. Uh, but that's I ha- what I like to Zach's point. It's like he's literally read all the comics and like followed the stories and he's still like, where could this go? You know, so that's cool. Yeah. Like, it's not they like do such a good job of introducing so many topics and storylines and threads, but making it digestible and not super crazy because they throw so much at you. 
but everything the continuity of it all um at least i haven't caught anything where it takes me out the movie where like hey that doesn't make sense or you know that's not accurate to this this the first one i think that I think with the movie, it's, what's nice about it is they, it doesn't really matter. Like a lot of that, I mean, a lot of that, like, you know, they throw, like you said, they throw so much at you, but it doesn't have to stick. Like there's like, there's like hints of a Lado Spider-Man. There's, you know, there's, they show the rain, the regular earth in this movie, like live action. But I think that's, it's great to see if you're a big fan like me, it's really nice because like, you can kind of point out, oh, that's this and this. But to a more casual fan like you guys, it doesn't really matter. I mean, those stories are really cool, but there is not ultimately a huge difference to the plot with that so it's like it's very like you said digestible where i can watch this and have a great time but I, it's not like i have to be studying or i have to know well, everything i guess beforehand. for me a good good part is like the spider-man the spider was from a different uh dimension that bit him like that was something that was introduced early and played such a big part and at the end with the reveal like yeah. they do stuff like that where like oh we introduced this, like, remember this, this is a huge part now, but it really makes sense. And it seems like it's it like seems sporad- chaotic, it's, but it, there's like, it's really cohesive yeah, method to their madness. Yeah. yeah. It's very sporadic, but it is cohesive. Like, and then, uh, is it Hobie or Hoagie? With a B Hobie. Or Hobie. 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 Uh, like when he's walking through, he takes the little thing off the wall and he's saying all this stuff and he, they kind of introduce his character as being, um, you know, against the establishment, which he is, but they kind of introduce him like very power to the people, very like uh comedic relief because mm-hmm. uh, he was just kind of, kind of cracking jokes, but then it slowly turns into, you know, he, no, he, he actually helped Gwen. Yeah. Get back he's to a, a huge piece. He helps Spider-Man kind of break out of the cage at first and he helps Gwen and he's more than, yeah, just he puts the organization, movie. right? Yeah. Like he, he yeah, sees he Miles like doing his palm, no. So Miles does the palm thing. He was more than just like a, yeah. a funny character. Yeah, he was, that, you know, yeah. crucial and kind of paying attention to what's going on and, you know, doing what he believes is right. So there's stuff like that that they introduce and all this other stuff, but it's really cohesive. Um, also, he I, had the greatest joke, though, when the black hole is happening. They, they asked what they see a black hole forming and then they ask, what is that? And he says it's a metaphor for capitalism. Yeah, I, I told I told joke. Noah that he didn't, I don't think he heard that. My my yeah, uh, favorite joke. I, I laughed was, so hard. I was like, huh. like, we're not laughing at you now. And then he's like, I don't believe in comedy. Yeah. Yeah. He's I, like, I, just I, yeah. kidding. All, all I of do. His, all of all of his quips were, were the best that, you know, and then when uh, the little baby was running around, he's like, this baby's an anarchist. I'm here for it. Yeah, like, there's was, there was some really great lines that he had pooping on the po- pooping in the like establishment or whatever is so funny but that's what i'm saying is that he started off just quips 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 and you kind of don't take him because they introduced so many other spider-mans who don't really play a big role but then he actually his character evolved and he's like how are you so cool under the mask yeah i was always cool right i've always been this cool i've always been this cool so funny yeah uh i think i think you're right they do a a great job of that and uh quickly kind of same same thing with the villain too same thing with the villain too where he starts off as the villain of the week turns into this mega problem like we didn't mention this, job. but voiced by Jason Schwartzman, who did a fantastic job in this. Uh, Jason Schwartzman is, uh, if you haven't seen like a lot of Wes Anderson movies or uh, things like that, he's very popular in that. Uh, the nephew of through. Nicolas Cage, the nephew of Nicolas Cage, also, uh, who really? is Spider-Man Noir. Yep. They're did both Nicolas Coppola's Cage get credit for this? Because Spider-Man Noir was in it, but I don't think he said anything. 
I don't think he said anything either. Um, I don't yeah. think he's probably credited. I think he's gonna be the next one. But yeah, they're both from the Coppola family. So like Sofia Coppola is their cousin. Francis Ford Coppola. They're all they're all related. All right, Zach, stop making good points. Uh, we're, we're gonna need some bad points. Um, from, uh, real, no, real quick, last, last, yeah, yeah. last great thing I want to talk about was um, I know we talked about the story ninety percent of the time, but I want to talk about kind of the, music. The, the substance of the no, the music was fantastic, but the art music style. Was so I know Noah jokes about the animation. Music, yeah, there was some great stuff. I was just I was, gonna like, talk about the like theater. how Joaquim and like all of them did their animation style when you were just listing off other shows and movies that they've done. So I'm a little kid at heart. I love when they introduce characters and they have like their kind of theme song coming in where it's super epic. Like when they introduce Spider-Man 2099. Yeah. Well, it's like just this. Well, it's artsy. Um, it's very artsy. This omnious, epic there was, like intro. It's super cool. There was a, a joke that I that I, oh, I almost missed, but it was really funny. There's a T-Rex Spider-Man in this movie. And he does, yeah. uh, when, he, when he swings, it says T-Whip, right? But that's really funny because normally in Spider-Man comics, when he when he swings, it's thwip. That's the sound. That's like the onomatopoeia they put is thwip. But when it's a T-Rex, they put T-whip. So it's thwip. Like but it's, it's also yeah, like a T-Rex version. I thought that was really funny. Um, I, it was quickly flew over. But uh, yeah, there's a ton of that in there. The animation style, though, there was a scene that really stuck out to me was when Gwen Stacy's talking to her dad. Oh, uh, my when God. Finally, when the, was, the walls were dripping him. behind. Yep. And it was. The way I saw like it was water, her world was kind of like watercolor. Yeah. Yeah. And she's crying. And the way I saw it was that her tears were, were draining the color from the yep, world. Exactly. Um, I agree. And then when when she finally reunites with her dad, it's kind of like pure white. Like there's colors gone. It's just, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't know how meta, uh, metaphorical it was. I thought, I literally thought, oh, is her tears kind of washing all that away? Like it was all, yeah. you know, the noise and like is gone. The feeling of, it's just the her feeling and her of dad. peace. Like, ultimate heaven peace and like she found she found that comfort finally this yeah is a movie like, like the emotion over was over and try to pick up on all that yeah i agree yeah. with every single part but that definitely was like the most emotionally intelligent background i've seen in so long like that scene alone every scene itself had like different lights for each character like to zach's point from miles is point of view whenever he'd look at gwen his it would be like a little bit more reds and pinks because he's like you know infatuated with her and then like her looking back like it's just like things like that like the background is always so cool but yeah that scene specifically i did notice the dripping wall i saw like emotional i was like oh my god i saw it like the color like the color like the you know the purples the reds the pinks those were like her emotions kind of like swirling like she didn't really understand what they were that was happening and I saw it as her tears were kind of like you literally see watercolor running in the background. It's like it's like it's falling. Um, and then I you know, her emotions swirling with the water and it's really and then but when she finally her dad admits to her, I'm not a captain anymore, which also kind of makes makes her realize it's not his destiny to die because they talked about all captains dying. Right. All captain police captains. Um, and she realizes I can be here with my dad. I can stay in my universe. I don't have to run anymore because she was running the entire movie. She didn't want to stay in her universe. That's gonna uh, be a point too, it, where she pure white. In the next movie, where she, it's like, no, we can break the canon. You know, my father, da da da, all this. Yeah, it's a great point. Like she, she thought that she was, she was doing everything she was doing because she thought she had to stay away because her dad was destined to die, right? But, but by her actions, leaving to the Spider Verse, leaving to the police force of Spider Man, her dad quits being a cop, which now, in her canon, means that he's not gonna die. Or at least yeah. it's does it though? At. Yeah, it's, it's then, hinted at. Yeah, that might be a point where, like, that's a turning point for Miguel O'Hara, where he realizes he was wrong with 
this that's just the way it is like yeah. they, they everybody just accepts that that's the way it is i don't know if you guys watched loki um i don't know if you guys saw the loki show i no, did that's a bit it's a big plot point where they have like this they have the, the the whole plot of the series is that there's a central timeline and that there's these police force that like brand clip branched reality so if something's not canon they destroy it and they make sure that there's no timelines at the end of the series though they kill jonathan majors who is a version of kang kill him and that's what creates the multiverse right it branches out which is what happens in the comments too but it's so interesting because it's like the idea like you said it's not there's not a set destiny there's not a set timeline anything can happen and it's you know understanding that you know that there's no one right way of going about it see when i watched loki they because it's very similar concepts but the way mcu did it i it wasn't as like it wasn't the worst but it took like some effort and time to really keep up with it all but here in this this spider-man multiverse it's done in a way that's just a little more fluid fluid for i think the average viewer or like a kid maybe i'm just i think it's tough (laughs) no no no. i think it's tough because spider-man it's its own movie right it's its own multiverse movie where you don't have to watch outside things the mcu is so big that if they introduce an idea like the multiverse they have to now explain that in 30 different movies right it's it's it is complicated with this movie they can kind of tell its tell its story and tell its theme within one movie the multi the um it's a multiverse then in strange It's just, I think it's, I, the way I, I would describe it is that this movie is about the multiverse. The MCU is a multiverse. Like it's so many different things that you, it's, it's not telling a story about the multiverse. You have to really be in the multiverse. You have to think about it. This movie is yeah, just yeah, a story yeah. about it. That's what I was going to say too. <laughs> As I was saying. <laughs> um, all right. One part that I just want to make sure we highlight a little bit deeper is that kind of touched on all of my favorite parts. But like even I mean, he mentioned this already, but the mom scene where she's giving him the speech, you guys both kind of touched on it. I feel like that part not only did well, I cried, but not only did it mean a lot to like his storyline and his journey and him just being accepted and standing out above the rest, but it also just gives like every kid, every person in the theater, like it, that speech could go to anything is what I'm, I'm meaning to say. Like it was such a beautiful speech of just like, you're not always going to fit in. People are not always going to like you, but like, this is your home and I'm here for you. And it's just like, oh God, I'm getting, getting emotional just because it was such a good speech. It's like just the yeah. love of one parent can literally change your entire perspective on life. Like you just have to be loved and by it, one it's- person, one parent. It's beautiful. I know I agree with you. And I think it gives such a great point because, you know, he goes to the multiverse, right? He goes and he has ability to stay wherever he wants to go, all the other, all the other dimensions. But that speech by his mom really set the tone for him wanting to come back, right? Like he, yeah. it, to me, it made, it really solidified the fact why he would want to fight for that. You know, he wants to, yeah. he's willing to fight every universe and every Spider-Man to get back to that, to get back to his family. Because that love, you know, and that's just that speech you said is such a great reminder of that to him. It's like, yeah. hey, come back to me. And it, it really was that driving force of him doing everything he needed to do, fighting off hundreds of Spider-Man to get back to that because it's that come back, you know, come back home. And I think that also, was such like, a good point. Yeah, exactly. And then also I feel like it's just maybe the timing of the movie or maybe I'm just a little bit in, into like Metro, like 
Mercury retrograde and like all that stuff. But just the timing of the movie where all these kids just graduated high school and are going off to college. Like it is a speech that you want to tell your kids, like no matter where you go, people might not like you, whatever, but like, this is your home. I'll always be here. It's also pride month. Like I'll always love you no matter what happens. It's just like a beautiful, it was just like the perfect timing for this movie. It felt like, I think that's why I was so emotional. Cause just like it, that speech meant so much more than the movie, I think. And it was just, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Go ahead, Zach. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I agree with you, and I think it also comes with on the heels of like, um, not to get too into it, but like, you know, with like Little Mermaid too, where it's like, there's Miles, especially a character like that. He's a person of color in a world where a lot of people don't want to see. You know, there's there's so much fighting between. Do we want to see a black Spider Man, a black Little Mermaid? And I think that you know, it's a great story. A lot of people um, argue like, hey, I don't want to see these characters. You know switched off i don't think i don't think it's a big deal but i love seeing that miles is a uh is a traditional person of color he's half black half puerto rican um getting his own story right it's not just hey i'm gonna make tell somebody else's story but i'm gonna make him this character he's really getting a a true origin story a true story of his own that is highlighting these things right and it does talk about it you know his his mom and dad are you know trying to um fit in there is a really funny joke about that too where in the beginning, there's a yeah, guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. Says, well, my, well, Miles was coming from a broken home and all this. Yeah, and they're like, exactly. Broken home? We live together. And the dad's like, I yeah. own a home in Brooklyn. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And they're like trying to tell him, hey, you, you're you a struggling Puerto Rican, African-American yeah. kid who does this. And the parents are like, I'm a nurse and he's a police captain and we own yeah, a house. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, are you talking about? Even, Which I think was super when- funny. Even another point to that, too, like even when the mom was talking to him and she's just like, you know, I would give anything for the life you have now. Basically, like that scene where she's like, I came from Puerto Rico and he's like, OK. And she's like, OK. <laughs> she's just like, you don't know the struggles that I went through to get you where you are today. It's like that's what I'm saying. Like that whole everything was just like it's just beautiful. It was well done. I just loved it. And it made yeah. me feel and I think it- more than the movie. Yeah. And I think it really brought into like, you know, it, it gave a lot of background as to like that whole theme of home, right? Where he wants yeah, to be exactly. in Brooklyn with his parents. And they talked about it too, where he doesn't like his mom doesn't want him to go to New Jersey to Princeton because she wants him so close to home. And it's that whole thought of like, hey, this is home, but you know, it's always, I'm going to come back. And so that theme of, you know, leaving and coming back because it's where you're meant to be. And I yeah, don't mean exactly. to get super mushy with that, but you know, it's that all that, you know, he, she didn't want him to go to, to across the bridge to, to New Jersey. And, you know, yet he's five dimensions over, but he still yeah. has that same. And that kind of what solidifies, you know, him in the end where um, she's going to come back. And I think that there'll be a theme that they have in the next movie where she realizes that like his struggle is so his his will to fight back and get home is so strong that she's going to let him go. You know, let him. Well, there's one part where or something I'm curious where they're going to go with is you know he really opened up to his mom but it wasn't really his mom so like how that is going to affect going to play for the next movie because there he his mom is in his, all these other dimensions as well so this is like how is he gonna save or you know his dad in those other dimensions like you know where they're gonna go with that like yes yes he's saving his dad and his in his world but in another dimension there it the same thing is going on so is he going to reach out to like uh, like i know it's only two miles morales right now but is he going to reach out to more and they kind of solve this big problem 
I think it's going to be, I don't think they're going to have him go out and do it personally, but that's kind of what I was talking about with Gwen Stacy and, and teaching the other spider people, Hey, you can do that. Right. Cause his the whole story is that I'm going to fight for my universe. I'm going to fight to make sure I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to make sure my, my own story plays out. And I think that's going to be a theme of what all the other Spider-Man are. I don't think they'll introduce more Mileses. I think it'll be convoluted if they introduce more. Yeah. But I think that I, it's a theme that they're going to have where every Spider person is going to have that. Destinies. Yeah. And it's going to be yeah. like they don't have to go and explain it, but they'll have it where it's like, hey, you, you know, control your, your, your story destiny. is your. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. And that's the, it doesn't have to be a set story. Your story is your story, depending on what happens. It could be good, could be bad. And it's that whole theme of like, you know, the the things in your life are who define you, where it's or what or define mm -hmm. you. Doesn't if his dad dies in one universe, it might be the right move or the right thing to happen for that miles. It might be something different. So I think it's interesting. Like anything can happen, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It's how you kind of go about moving through yeah. that. Right. I think that's well, the bigger the, 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 the bigger they, story in that. Yeah. And it well in the story where his dad did die, he became of the villain. So <laughs> technically it wasn't good for him for his dad to die, but but uh okay. So guys, do you have any critiques on this movie at all? I have one small critique, but as soon as I was listening to Zach talk about my critique a little bit more, I feel like it's more of just like a nitpicky thing now, but it still kind of was just like annoying. Um but I only have one. Yeah. Do you, I think do you guys have any? Most are nitpick. Most are nitpicky for me, but I'd like to hear yours, Rachel. So the only nitpicky thing I have, because this whole movie was literally outstanding, um, was that Gwen was willing to let her dad die. I just like, I personally. That's a good point. At first, well, at first, I was like, okay, I don't like that she just, you know, she was willing to just accept it. But then when Zach was just like, well, she was kind of running away from the problem. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like she was doing what she can to just stay busy and help other universes, whatever. But then it's like, you're like, why would you let your dad die? Well, I, I when that happened and she kind of accepted what was going to happen in her canon, it was kind of the whole first part where her dad is going to arrest her and has a gun pointed at her. And then she's like, dad, how could you? And she runs away. I think there she was in a vulnerable state where she just wanted to like eliminate that, like forget about the pain. And it's like, you know, he's supposed yeah. to die. He has to die. So that was kind of like, the justification I had, it was still kind of far fetched that she would kind of it's just far go to that extreme. Who she but, is as a character, yeah. But they did. Like, I think it, it, it's just ahead. a nitpicky thing. I was, yeah. gonna say, I was gonna say, I, th I, I think Noah hit the nail on the head. Like it was kind of like she is hurt when that happens, right? She, it's bet her, her best friend already died, right? Peter already died, and she's like looking for you know. And I thought that was, I think it was more of a plot device to make her to push her away from her house, her home, because. Her best friend dies. She goes and tells her dad, hey, I'm Spider-Man. And his reaction is to point a gun at her and try and arrest her. And I think that was really the driving motivation of her to say, no, I'm going to go and be with these spider people. I And that's what pushes her to kind of believe the Miguel ideology of I need to let them die. But even throughout the movie, I think that she was the one person that was questioning Miguel. Every time he she goes, that's too far. That's too much. That's not what we talked about. I think that's what you know, it's almost like she was on the verge of buying into that whole ideology, but her and Jake Johnson's Peter B. Parker, uh, they were the ones that were saying, no, this isn't, this isn't the way things should be because they're the ones who have met Miles before. And they're the ones who and kind of understand he is going to tell his own story. He's, he, you know, 
because they talked about in the first movie, you know, this is just how things go, kid. This is you have to lose your uncle. We all lost Uncle Ben. We all did this. It's just the part of being Spider-Man. And that's what's so interesting to me is because Miles is such a different Spider-Man. He's not Peter Parker. He's not a version of Peter Parker. He's his own yeah. story where he's saying, hey, that's too, not my story. But then it Gwen this... slowly realizes that, you know, she is wrong mm-hmm. with um, when they're when she tries to stop Miles from saving the captain in the Mumbai town. And then she lets him go because she knew it was a canon event and she but she decided to let him try to change it. And he did. And then that was the first time she saw that they can you know, kind of fix. Well, until like, their whole a hole came in. So they don't really know what's going to happen with that. But like to that point, like what I was saying is like she was OK with it's more of like a nitpicky thing. Like, obviously, I get for the story it had to happen. It's just I I expected much out of, much more of her character, I guess, because of how much they built her up to be like the female version of Miles. Because if he wouldn't do it, then why would she kind of thing? But yeah, it's like if the Spider-Man India, who's Karan Sony in real life, if he knew about it, too, because he was part of that in that gang or whatever, but he was still trying. He's like, I can do both. Then why wouldn't she try either? Do you know what I mean? Like what makes him a more moral fatherly love? And it's not even his father. It's his girlfriend's father. than her. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like yeah. she could have done no, a little I, bit more I, than. Yeah, I mean, and I think you are super spot on with that. I kind of see that as a plus, though, um, just from mm-hmm. like a, a story perspective. It's like interesting to see that, like, I don't I've used this. I've heard this word used on podcast dichotomy of like um, the difference between her sentence? and Miles. Right. I just did um, <laughs> the her and Miles Another are supposed sentence. to be. Her and Miles are supposed to be the same, right? They say that in the beginning. You and I are the same. Yeah. And I think it's that expectation of they would make those same decisions, but that she's struggling with one side. So I think it's really interesting to see that. Yeah. Like, Because um, the movie starts the off with between. her, like all emotional drumming. No, I know. I know. So. She's definitely like more, more isolated with one parent who also turned a gun on her. Like I get like her situation is different and everyone handles things differently. I guess the way they built her up in the last story in this story and like who we saw her as it just felt like a really easy cop out to let her join the multiverse and trick miles into coming type of thing. Like they needed her to do that to get him there, which I get, but it's like, I, I, I think, think they could have maybe found a little they, bit he, of a clever way. They didn't, they didn't want him there. So that was kind of the whole thing is that. He no, no, I meant like the direct, there. the directors, how are we going to get him to figure out what's oh. going on in this bigger canon thing. It's like we need him to follow Gwen, who he loves. But it's like, how are we going to get Gwen there? It's like, oh, make her very emotional and like give her this storyline. And she she knows what happens to her dad, but she does. She's not going to try to fight the fight the fight. But it's like, what? I think for a movie because they're constrained with time. They, yeah, I they, get. They gave her like enough screen time to make it as much that, as that convincing as possible. Yeah. But if this was like a TV show where they have like ten hours to play with there might be a whole episode dedicated to like that turning point where that reveal happens and she has to come to terms with her father dying. Yeah. And I guess like the only other nitpicky part too is like her character. It's just with her, honestly, like how is she going to let her father die? But then also it's like, I get, I get that it has to be part of the film. I get, they have to get miles there somehow. The directors have to, or the writers have to figure out that way. But then also it's like, why take so long to just tell him what's going on? Like after a while, it's like, okay, like just tell him, uh, well, because big, I felt the like they did a good she, job holding it, holding it, holding it. And then after a while, it's like, dude, like at this point, you're being a bad friend, Gwen. 
Like just tell him. I don't think she. I don't think she knew though. I think that she, well, a lot of it was, in my opinion, Miguel was t- as Miguel is telling Peter thing or sorry Miles things. Gwen's hearing that for the first time too, so she's like, "Oh, this." I think that she became disillusioned with the whole establishment of the Spider People, and that's why but, she goes and says, "I'm going to fight back with these other with the Noir yeah. and all these other people." But in in one of the scenes, she goes, "He goes, you knew," and he looked at Gwen after they told him, like, you know, everyone has oh, to yeah. die; it's your fate. She goes, "I I didn't know," and then she pauses, like she didn't know. And she's like, "How to tell you?" So she did know. And then that was just like, dude, like, it, you know what? Like at the end of the day, it was such a good movie. And these are just nitpicky parts that I felt like they had to get done because like, how else could you get him there or whatever? But it's just like, I feel like they did her character a slight disservice of like being that really there easy, might've been another scene that emotional they had to take girl that like walks where... away from her dad and like, lies I think, her I think it makes you, I think it makes yeah. it realistic because people are sometimes like that, you know, sometimes it, it's yeah. such an emotional decision. So, I mean, not everyone's thinking clearly that they're going to make the best decisions. And I mean, I, think I don't, I think cool. we're all like not superheroes, but none of us would let our parents die. If we could stop, if we could try, none of us would do it. Like, and I'm not a superhero. I would never let my mom go down without a fight. Like you'd have to freaking yeah. kill me. <laughs> so I'm just record, saying, I it just seems either. like a little rash, but <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I said being nitpicky. Yeah. <laughs> For the record, <laughs> we'd all fight a million spider people. Hi, Shelly. Just yeah. my mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think that's a great point, and I think they tried their best to like bring you along for her yeah, arc. Yeah, for sure. But it's, there's there's only so much you could put of in course, this movie, yeah. and she already had so much time. Yeah, I get that. Um, Do you for, guys have wh- any? Cookies? What was your What was your Yeah, I was gonna say what was your nitpick, Noah? The baby. I knew it was going to wow. be the baby. He hates I just didn't, like, I, I, He hates like I was trying to see like where that. they were going with it. So cute. I thought she was so cute. Yeah, I mean, oh, so she's hanging she upside just, down and They she just poised. had him have a baby to be cute. Like I thought I thought No, I think they they the were Peter showing B. where where he where his character is in his life and like So I know they, another I we haven't seen but, the first one since like 2018. So it's been a while. So was him having a family that that was a like big a deal. big yeah. a big deal to him, right? Yeah. So the the in the first one, he tells the story of why he broke up with Mary Jane and why he was where he was in his life. And it's because Mary Jane wanted kids and he didn't. He didn't want to have kids, didn't want to do all that. But his story with Miles made him realize, hey, I want to be a, a I want to be somebody to this younger generation. I want to help this person. And he even says it in this movie. He says, You're the reason I had kids. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have a kid that would become half as great a person as you because I think you're amazing. I think that was, I liked have him having a kid um, because it's just one of those things where it's also I, like I, I talked about it. the established spider lore. Like Peter never gets a happy ending. Like he, oh, like they always just kill, like they killed Gwen Stacy. They killed Mary Jane a lot. They do all stuff. So it's nice to see it. him like, Hey, he made it work. I liked that. They touched back on that and the baby was funny and cute and all that. But then they played into it too much where he's just, he he doesn't become Peter B. Parker. He's like he becomes annoying father. Peter Spider Man with the baby. Yeah, I get that. I so get like you were just annoyed with like yeah, how much just, they he's played a, he's into Spider-Man the baby. With the baby. Yeah. He's not, but I do he's think the, that the baby was important too because it's just like another form of like subtle hints through the movie where you can change your destiny. Because like yeah. you didn't want to have kids, things yeah. die, and it's just like you another can, you can another little subtle hint. But the that movie the, didn't really like 
So, maybe they shouldn't well, give Zabi so much airtime, is what you mean. Well, well, my my whole thing is it's not his story. So why I, he already had the first movie to be the second main character. He was already had that. So in this one, I'm sure they wanted him to be more of a backup character. This is really Miles and Gwen's story. Gwen was in the last yeah. one, but she wasn't like the main person. So I think that giving him the baby was a little bit of comic relief, bigger, a little bit of storytelling. But then also, I guess my my bigger not critique story. is not the baby. It's what they did with Peter B. Parker. He kind of. All right. No, we get it. You don't want kids. His character wasn't interesting. <laughs> it was just kind of being more defined as the one with the baby. Like he's like lost his touch and like, is that what you mean? Yeah. Lost his charm from the first. Yeah, one I get what, I get what you mean. Like, oh, I think I. Super I thought disagree. it was funny. I, they, I thought it was funny, but yeah. I can get why you wouldn't like that. Like he was it just funny. I don't think you like kids. I don't think you like babies. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was super cute giving Baby him that storyline. And then also it's him with Miles. Like he was the one he you know, he was rooting for Miles the entire time. And you know, I, I don't know. So I, that's I just think a that thing it was now. A he's complete, he has the baby. It, it, you know what to your point i just thought of another nitpicky part i didn't like that he brought the baby on adventures because then the mom was like you didn't bring the baby on adventure did you because like that's such a stupid thing to do but then also it's like it's just it's spider-man but i was like who who would bring a baby on adventure? yeah it was funny but then it became kind of silly yeah and then, i get that yeah so that, i think that was i think i didn't love it it's a tough it's a tough critique for a fully animated Spider-Man movie where they had a Lego yeah. portion. So. Yeah. <laughs> but that was literally the Lego portion was seconds. good. That was 20 he seconds. He was like Peter Parker like take with his camera. I liked it. It was funny. Yeah. And it was such I, I a think, small part. I think, I think the baby added a lot and I think he was I mean it's he's not he's he's not he's it's not his story. I think he's such he's a side character in this. He's not the main person. So I think yeah. for him to have a baby it also gives him that same thing that gives I feel like they Miles. didn't know what the to do the reason with to his come character. Home. I feel like they didn't oh, know think, what to I do think with his character, like in this one, because he he you can take him out of it and it's the same movie. No, um, but I think it was it was part of that subtle hint. I don't agree. It was part of that subtle hint of changing your destiny. Like he didn't want kids. Everyone around him's dying, but he has a baby. So it's like it's just a subtle thing that the like the writers threw at you to show that there's so many ways you can have like your cake and eat it too as Spider-Man and not yeah. have to follow the canons of life. And it's I think it was just remind- one of those things. Maybe they shouldn't have gave him so much airtime with the baby. It would have been but- better if they just showed like a photo of it or something. Not like disagree. Uh, okay. I think it's, I think it's, it's also, it's, it's also a, um, it's a big reason. It's a reminder as also, to why if Miles you haven't so watched the, if you haven't watched the first one, um, and I think that is fair. I know you; sh- it makes experience better. But if you haven't seen the first one, he's just a guy with a baby. <laughs> you know I think. I think you should see. I mean, I think if you're seeing a sequel, it's kind of like you have to it, an- a- analyze it by saying you should have seen the first one. It's because it, but like plot the, points like the over. some right, of the Noah. best some All of the right, best Noah. trilogies though, like The Dark Knight. Uh, like you don't have to see the first one really. To, yeah, true. So. Yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> the Dark Knight it makes yes, the movie better. It makes the movie better. Like, but that's it makes what Zach the movie was, better. But, but that's what Zach was saying. Like, it wasn't his. I, nobody movie, ever so watches Batman Begins. See, you don't have if to you watch Dark Knight without if you watch Dark Knight without seeing the first movie. Rachel's just some random girl that he liked. Rachel knows who's bad, dude. But Rachel knows who's who's bad. You have to, you have, you have to have seen the first one to know that. So you have to have seen it. Okay. Uh, Anyway, Zach, what were your nitpicky parts if you had any? Um, 
The baby was just put in for comedic relief no, and sh- to sell toys. <laughs> bad take. Bad take. Uh, Saturday on Noah's part. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think I had. I think there was some. Okay, some Zachary pretty- likes the was- first Star Wars with. Oh no! Bad take. I don't like that. I like the original. No one you doesn't did. like the original Star Wars trilogy. You liked the uh, God, you guys Force are gonna Awakens. You guys make us both lose star, our Star Wars listeners. Exactly. You liked the Force Awakens said it was the best. And I argued with him for years. I did not oh, dude, say it was not the good. best movie. Yeah, I said yeah. yeah. Alright, anyways, Noah, Noah it's not your turn to Noah talk. Noah doesn't understand Tenet. Okay, go um, ahead, I don't. Tenet was hard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't think there, it's not necessarily a critique. It's more of a nitpick. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it was a little long for no resolution, which I don't mind the no resolution because I do like the fact that they're doing a third movie. Um, but it was two hours and 20 minutes, which is Take a, relative, baby it's stuff. a very it's long hours. movie. It's not. Yeah, no, I agree. Let's I was let's actually. Put poll, let's put a poll out and then it's going to be like, no, was an idiot. Yeah, that could this be a just key question. No, Noah Pardo actually, out. Yeah, yeah. out as, yeah. as host. Headlines. <laughs> um, <laughs> Headlines, no uh, part of out. I, I agree, like any longer, and I would have felt the movie. But for me, I think I the two hours like, and 20 worked. If it, they, I was completely entertained and like confused a little bit and whatever the whole way through, like there wasn't one part of the movie where I, like even the baby part where I was just like, I wish that I wasn't watching this right now. Like, the whole movie was so good. And then for the to be continued, it was like, a- I agree. I was thinking, like, I have to pee so badly. Like, what hour are we on? Because it did feel long, yeah, but it also I thought was it like was I didn't so, want it to end. So good. I think the one feeling I had was uh, toward the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie are kind of setting up to be continued. Because it's like, they're, you know how a movie has kind of, like, hype? And then if they're going to do a speech, it's like a, like a hype and then black string to be continued. That, like, buildup of hype was, like, 20 minutes. Because it was, like, build up, build up, build up. And then I was like, okay, don't no. build up, build it more, build up, build it more. And then I was yeah, like, okay, true. are they going to like, and then it's like to be continued. And I think they did that on purpose to kind of like, get. Pe- I think they wanted people to go, ah, like, you know, as soon as the movie ended, but there was, it was kind of like an infinity war. I, everyone gasped they, in like, our theater. Everyone was like, <gasps> yeah. Cause it just like said yeah, to I be threw, continued. I out threw of nowhere. popcorn <laughs> at the baby in front of us. <laughs> Dude, you can't say that. <laughs> Um, I, I there was uh, bits and parts like in the middle where I was kind of like this is like where is it going because it was being stretched out a little bit and I think it was kind of the rooftop party where he gets grounded and then somewhere in between like him actually finally getting to like the headquarters like yeah, there I can see that s- seemed a little fluffy but it was so cool looking that you kind of it's just such well he had to meet he had to meet Gwen there. So for, yeah. I, I, I guess the part him with him getting the cakes that he really needed that whole cake like because that was well a it just went part. to show how he's always late and like he's unreliable to his parents yeah so it's just it's just like little things that, that they needed to have but yeah um yeah i loved it all right guys we got two more section or three more sections left would you watch it again i think i know all of our answers uh, we don't even we, need to like dive into this one, but that, I, I think we all, all agree we would watch it again. And we yeah. actually all need to watch it again and pick up on everything. Yeah. And I think after Zachary watches it a second time, he's he going to hate the baby. He will come around and realize the baby was unnecessary. <laughs> okay. I think so we got, are, I think that you are crazy. I'm running from something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> You're anyway. running from something. <laughs> 
Okay, Zach. So since you are our special guest this week, do you want to go first, second, or third? For three words. It's our favorite category. Oh, I wonder I wonder last. Going last is actually harder because then all the good words. Okay, I'll, go, I'll go first. <laughs> okay, I'll did go first. Just, did uh, he just since reverse Miles, psychology you? <laughs> since, since, no, no. Since I'm going to take all of Noah's good words. I'm gonna, uh, Got him. Since Miles is his own character, he tells a great story, but he also has so much of the other Spider-Man that he wants to have. Um, I'm going to use amazing, spectacular, and I'm going to say superior. Those are all three different versions of Spider-Man. Those are all comic books that are titled Spider-Man. So, don't love it. He's a little bit of everything. You want to ex- you want to ex- uh, expand on that? Or are you happy? Noah with always that? has to expand on his words because they never make sense. Zach's. I don't. I don't really want to expand on it. I'm worried. I'm worried that it'll go over your head. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. Leaves you with zero words. So my three words are the first one's going to be creative because okay. Well, literally <laughs> magic. The whole, the whole movie. I liked. Like, I liked Rachel. Yeah, thanks. The Don't whole movie was so mute creative. Mic. Like, yeah, I know. It's so easy to mute him. Um, but like the the where she's when Gwen's talking to her dad and the walls are bleeding. It's so creative. Like it's just it's vision. It's just a vision. Um, my second word is acceptance because I feel like that was like the whole speech given and honestly just being accepted. And then my last word is yep. destiny because obviously that's like what the whole movie's about is just being able to change your destiny. And I feel like Noah's very upset. I went second. <laughs> what well, I actually wasn't listening. To what are your three words, Noah? <laughs> he's trying to think of his own. Uh, he, he'll like look me in the eyes and then look up at the ceiling. And I'm like, he's not even listening. Wait, did Noah say advert? Did you say advert? No. Why? You did say advert. Subvert. I said subvert. You said advert. <laughs> did you say advert? Why'd you say that? Is that a word? <laughs> advert? Yeah, it's, it's an ad. An advert's what an ad. It's what ad is short for. Subvert. I'm going to say subvert. Because of the subvert's expectations. You meant to say keeps... subway sandwich. <laughs> I hate subway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but subvert I do watch subway expectations. watch subway sponsor us and wants to do an ad and, you, <laughs> and they're like we can't subvert's expectations look at this advert for subway sorry yeah oh like average oh dude Noah <laughs> so, it subvert's expectations okay. so subvert uh, the second word is courageous Okay, that's a good one. Because it really goes out. The movie itself. You don't even out, have to explain that one. The movie itself goes out on a limb. And Dude, the how are you going to get mad at my creative and then explain courageous? And then uh, the third word is movie. The characters themselves. Third word is really brother. Really have to like go against the establishment and. What was your third word? Ooh, my third one is anarchy. That's a good one. So subvert. Anarchy and visionary. You said courageous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Subvert, courageous, and anarchy. Because it is kind of, you know, fighting the system and fate and destiny and carving your own path and doing what you want. Which is why Hobie plays such a big role because he his whole essence. I feel like is, Noah did all his three words based off Hobie. 
his whole essence. Hobie's in it for like 15 minutes, by the way, guys. He's not like, he's he he's plays an important role, but Noah's talking to as if he's the driving force throughout the movie. <laughs> but his whole essence is what... Is what Noah's three is words what, are. Is what everybody needs. He has. Everybody Hobie's in 15 minutes and he has two like scenes. <laughs> Noah just likes right. him because he has dreads and he's punk rock. <laughs> How could he get any cooler? All right. Like this is our final rating. Uh, okay, Zach. Um, we have a bit of controversy with ratings and how we should do them. We keep going back with like 10 point system of one to five star system scale from one to five or anything. In between. Why don't you just leave it? Why don't you just leave it as would I say it again or would I not say it again? So that way you don't have See, to judge we've thought, so harshly. We, we've, we've thought about that. But then um, it makes it interesting because if you do one out of binary, 10, right? then you could be like, well, I'm not talking about this movie in specific, but like, let's say you give it a seven out of 10, like another movie. It's like, what would that movie had needed to give you that extra three points to make it like that masterpiece yeah. type? Because there's some like, movies I like that I wouldn't watch again. Just, there are some movies that like I wouldn't watch again, but like I'm happy I did like Changeling. Mm -hmm. I agree. I wouldn't watch that again. Yeah. But it was a good um, movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird, weird, weird example. Um, I was trying to think of the most intense, super weird example. Really Night, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler. Zach's face, like if you guys, I'd seen like, Nightcrawler. Again. Angeline Room with Brie Larson. You know the ones that just really uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think, but yeah, those Scott's are good movies. But I can't, that I can't one episode it. of The Office. Nocturnal yeah. Animals. That's the most Nocturnal Animals was hard it. for Nocturnal me to sit animals. through twice. But that's I, why we don't I, do the, I like, the binary thing. I argue I argue with is either you simplify it as whether do I like the movie or do I not like the movie? And it's you know, but yeah, I'm, I, I mean otherwise more let's do out of five stars. It sounds like you really have simple. Yeah. How many how many stars would you give it out of five? Actually, actually, simple? Zach, since you're here, you want me to float through what I want to do? It's too long no. already, Noah. I want to do I want to do five. I'm telling you. Noah, it's too long already. Wait, 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 hold on. The first one is Masterpiece. Second one is Blockbuster. Yeah, too long already. Too much. Third one is Streaming Movie. And, and that's what I told him. Airplane. I'm like, it's going to be hard to Fifth do that on a podcast. Room. Like on YouTube, I'm down to you, try his system because you're able to put it on hated, the screen. You so hated the baby, but you want to do this? Okay, you let's just do one to 10. To one to 10. All right, I'll I go like, first. I like, Rachel, I like Rachel's five stars. Five stars, five stars. Jack gets a pick. All right, I'm going to give it four point five gold stars. You can't do half. You can't do decimals though if That's you do stars. Same part. What? See, so many rules here, dude. You can do decimals with no, one through ten, but you, you can't make do decimals rules. with stars. Rachel's like a big deal for Rachel. You can't do halves. All right. Well, I'll go. I'll be easy. It's five stars for me and ten out of ten. So. I don't know if it's five though. Definitely five stars. It was a freaking masterpiece for me. Oh, use my word. I think I think it's four stars. Nine out of ten because I'm waiting to see how they wrap up because this movie could be great and if the third yeah. one's not good then this movie sucks. That's it, it unfair really is this is like a should be like the standalone. Rating, it's part one, like. so I think they want you to see it as part one, part two, which usually means it's one big movie. So that's the only reason you why like. you're giving yeah. it one star lower, one point lower, is because you want to see how it wraps up. But other than that, it was like a ten out of ten movie. I think well, you're putting 10 words in the mouth. like perfect. <laughs> I'm asking. <laughs> nine, yeah, nine, I think nine and ten is pretty good. I don't think we're very far off. <laughs> okay. Go, Noah. Oh, so we do out one of five to five. Stars. One to five? Four. Yeah. Five, stars five stars and, and one out of ten. Can I do halves? 
Dude, uh, halves for one out of ten. If you feel like you need to throw a decimal point, then do one out of ten. Okay. If I'm doing one out of ten. No, I'll stick with four. Four Dude, out of five. Hurry up. Oh, four stars. Okay. Perfect. Just to keep it right. Zach gave it four, right? Stop yeah. copying your brother. Um, I just want to make sure. Well, that he didn't make sure what he <laughs> make sure what he said does. Four out of five, with five being a masterpiece, best movie ever. Um this was the best movie ever for me. You say that about every other movie. No, it was watched. so good. Are you joking? I didn't say this about Little better Mermaid. Better than Puss in Boots? Puss I think Boots a five is good, like... This is, this is way better. She gave Puss in Boots like 10 out of 10. Yeah, but this is way better. So, so, it's so should Puss in Boots been a, been a 10 out of 10? <laughs> yeah. If I could go back in time after seeing this masterpiece, I would give Puss in Boots a 9 out of 10. I still really enjoyed that movie. I said that she would regret that. Rating. I don't regret it. You're just yeah. throwing it out there. I don't regret it. They're both 10 out of 10s for me. I would watch them again. They both made me feel all the emotions on the board. I cried for both. Laughed for both. Okay, so 5 out of 5 from you. Yeah. Okay, so 4 out of 5, 4 out of 5, 5 out of 5. I would overall say this was a movie you have to see, honestly. It's, uh, it is a groundbreaking movie, see I would it. say. Let's ask Dolby Vision also because it's such yes. a... Yeah, we, we watched so, it Dolby. Like, every, every frame is like... Uh, is, I was like, that'd be a cool uh, poster for my computer. Like, I was every thinking that too. Really what cool. poster would you take? What frame? I know mine. Um, our, I thought the Gwen An hour really in, cool. 17 seconds, and 31 minutes. Yeah. Frame four thousand six hundred. What? No. What's I, I thought. I thought the a really cool ones when they're sitting. What, what, what if I knew? I was gonna say the one where they're sitting upside down. Her hair's hanging. Actually, I head. got kind of scared. No, uh, it's a freaking cart. It was like an illusion. I got like vertigo. You were <laughs> the kid part. I got like vertigo when they hang upside down off the super tall building. I was like, oh my god. Oh my god. Anyways, uh, guys, my poster. Oh. Is when Spider Man twenty ninety nine is Noah would talk to Zach for the teeth. rest of his life if we could. He never gets to talk to him, so this podcast is four hours. Yeah, I, try to make, I wait to talk, and then I talk. The scene and when he's about to bite, when he's about to bite, when he's about to bite the vulture. Yeah, that'd be mine. That's a cool Sick. scene. Actually, I know yeah. I likes vampires. I guess. Everybody likes vampires. <laughs> I, I didn't know he was Noah's Oscar favorite Isaac, movie, Oscar Noah's Isaac favorite movie is Interview with a Vampire. Noah's favorite movie is Interview with a Vampire. He loves that movie so that's much. One, that's, a, that's a top. And Grease. Top choice. Love Grease. But <laughs> he loves Are those he 10 out of 10 for you? Are those 10 out of 10s for you? Huh? Are those 10 out of 10 movies for you? No. They're, yes. they're, I like movies that are flawed. Are those 10 character. out of 10? What are they? What's Interview with a Vampire for you out of 1 to 10? Uh, B. Oh, a one out of ten? Yeah, dude. Eight. <laughs> huh? Like eight, oh, so this was better than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like eight, one eight, out of ten. Eight. B. Like eight point three, eight point four. All right. So this movie is better than cool. that. Ultimately, Thank really you, good movie. <laughs> really fun time talking to you guys, and also seeing the movie. Even though some of your plot points, uh, so viewers can't see me, but I'm shaking my head. Uh, some of the <laughs> some of Noah's states. We'll see how Zachary feels about the baby and the next one or when he <laughs> rewatches it. So thank you all for joining. Uh, what movie do we have next? Oh, we have Transformers next week. So talk to you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Zach. Bye. See you later. Bye.